Welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Japan, the show that brings you the most trending news stories and cultural insights from Japan. Today is October 8th, and we're coming to you straight from Hiro, Tokyo. I'm your host, Julian Domanski, and joining me, as always, is my co host and founder of Japan Insider, Yasuharu Matsuno. Hey guys, welcome back. So, since we couldn't record last week, there's a lot to catch up on. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> so, did you uh, feel the earthquake last night, Yasu? I did. It was uh, unscripted, but it kind of <laughs> happened. What was it about 11, 11 p.m., wasn't it? Yeah, around that. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I would say, like, with no exaggeration, it probably was the single, like, strongest earthquake that I've ever felt in my life. Oh, what? In your whole life?、Or? Yeah, I would say so.、Mm. I mean, I've experienced, like, earthquake maybe, like, more than 20 times, maybe 30. Sure, sure. But I think all of them were below a seismic scale of three.、Mm. But. The, the one yesterday was well over four. Yeah, yeah. I think it was five in the, the central area. Yeah,、it、some was, areas of Tokyo. Yeah,、right? so it was kind of, it was reported to have come from northwest Chiba,、mm. kind of in the Tokyo Bay area. So、mm. pretty central, basically. Right.、Um, but I'm kind of、uh, more on the edge of Tokyo, so it wasn't as strong, but、mm. still, like, yeah, I had to like, take all my cameras off the shelf just in case they of fell、course. off. And yeah. My cat got scared and hid under the sofa. <laughs> right. My family was a bit concerned about the goldfish. So, you know, my wife went straight to the, the fish tank. Oh, okay. Yeah, try not to fall. Oh, okay. Is it like a bowl or like a cube?、Uh, it's a cube.、Oh, so、okay. it's more stable. Sure, sure. But then, you yeah, know, know、yeah. we couldn't tell like how, how bad, <laughs> you know, the earthquake could be. But still, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we don't want it to fall. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, definitely was my biggest earthquake.、Um, I mean, I, the first time I felt an earthquake in my life, I was 27 years old. Mm. And that was when I, when I first moved to Japan. Right. Basically, because in England, we don't have them. I、mm. think they're like seismic level one and they're like far out into the ocean. So they never actually reach the mainland. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's essentially nothing. Basically, they just don't h a p p e n Yeah, one, one is almost nothing. Like、yeah. some people don't even notice it. Exactly. Yeah.、Right? yeah. But yeah, like five. That, that was quite intense. Yeah, yeah, definitely.、Mm. <laughs> yeah. So besides the earthquake, I'm not sure like, if you guys noticed, but we are recording this、uh, in Hiro today、mm. for the first time. We used to record our podcast in, our,、uh, in my office in Akasaka, but、um, we just you know,、uh, moved into a new place、mm. uh, last week. And I actually thought, you know, Hiro is part of Minatoku, but、uh, I noticed very recently that it's actually part of Shibuyaku. Oh, I thought it was part of Megoroku. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Because it's very close, it's, right? Yeah, yeah. Hero is like the, on the borderline of like,、mm. like three different wars or two.、Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't realize we were in Shibuya. But、yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize Shibuya is actually like a district. Like to tourists when they come here, right? Sure, sure. Shibuya is just, just that crossing with the、mm, shops, right? Mm, mm. But it's actually a really big area. Of course, yeah.、Um, even Harajuku is in Shibuya, right? Yes, mm. you're right. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's cool to be in a new space and,、uh, yeah, it feels fresh.、Mm-hmm. A new beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, just our kind of like personal update, but、uh, we went on a business trip to Tohoku last week. Yes. Right. And,、um, I guess we still can't share all the details now, not yet. But we were actually filming with a famous British YouTuber in Japan,、mm. 
No, oh, no, right. no, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're the second most famous. I'm, I'm British, but I'm not famous. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm not sure if you guys, I mean, I'm pretty sure many of our listeners would know, mm. but his name is Chris Broad. And he runs a YouTube channel called Abroad in Japan. Mm. Yeah, so we were basically filming him make a video in Tohoku. Mm. Um, and you were, you know, helping him as a cameraman. I was indeed, yes. Yeah, and I was, you know, coordinating all the, the meetings, interviews, and... Doing what you do best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, translations, um, and yeah, all sorts of arrangements. But that video is going to be huge, don't you mm. think? Yeah, I'm super pumped for it. So yeah, obviously we can't share any details you know other than that basically but mm. we'll let you guys know as soon as it as soon as it's on the horizon right i think the video should be available sometime by the end of this year i believe so yeah yeah so we'll let you guys know uh once we find out the exact like release date and and stuff yeah looking forward to it mm -hmm. so uh we also have some big news stories on the national level and as many of you may know by now uh we have a new prime minister which will be my main story of the week. And another thing that everyone in Japan is talking about today is Princess Mako mm. finally getting married to her uh, partner on October 24th. Yeah, they finally set the date, right? And, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously in Japan, because it's the princess, right? Mm. Um, I mean, technically she won't be princess after the marriage, right? You're she, right. She'll have to step down from the family. And but it's obviously a big commoner. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. As much as I hate that word, you know. Um, but you, know, you need I'm to just use being it. To, to, yeah, yeah. You need to use it to describe the situation, right? Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah it's obviously huge news. Mm. I think this is the, the single biggest topic that almost everyone in Japan is talking about mm -hmm. today. Probably even bigger than the, the new story about the new prime minister. <laughs> I don't blame them. But um, I actually have an interesting word of the week related to this, this story. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah. So uh, what's your pick uh, for this week? So my story is uh, involving uh, a physicist by the name of Shukuro Manabe, who mm. this week won a Nobel Prize. Oh, yeah, he did. For his contributions to climate modeling mm. and uh, global warming. Sounds interesting. It, it's very interesting. Which I know <laughs> nothing about. <laughs> well, I know a little bit more after doing some research. Mm. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, let's start off with your story then this week, Yasu. Sure. Mr. Fumio Kishida, 64, to lead Japan's ruling Liberal Democratic Party, or LDP, last week. He will face a new range of tough issues, including post-pandemic economic recovery and threats from North Korea. He will also hope to help his party regain popularity after its unpopular push to host the Tokyo Olympics. I think it will be a new start in its true sense. He had earlier told reporters, I want to take on challenges with a strong will and firm resolve to face the future. Mr. Kishida is known as a moderate liberal politician, so he's expected to steer the ruling conservative party slightly to the left. While his critics describe him as a bland and boring, he's long been seen within the party as its future leader. The cabinet includes a slew of fresh faces, with 13 of its 20 members taking on a ministerial post for the first time. But key posts were given to those with close ties to former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, suggesting there will be no radical shift in policy from previous administrations. 
Yeah, so I don't mean to sound negative at all, but it seems like Abe and a number of politicians within the LDP are more powerful than Kishida as a, you know, as a prime minister. But um, I must say, I have high hopes for Kishida. Mm. You know why? I, I don't have any idea. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, he's also from my hometown, Hiroshima. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> So you must know him then, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, at least not yet. But um, interesting you mention it because uh, my father actually used to work for the same bank with Kishida. Mm. <laughs> and because Kishida joined uh, right after my father uh, joined the company, like only a couple of years later. Or right, something. right. Yeah. So they kind of know each other. <laughs> it's not like they're close friends, yeah, yeah. but yeah, they, they recognize each other's. Yeah, I, I mean, I can believe that. I've met your father. He seems like the kind of guy who knows the prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> but um, I called my father recently mm. and asked, you know, what's his impression of Kishida? You mm. know, I was just curious, mm. you know, because I've never uh, met the guy. And he said, Kishida sounds very majime, mm. uh, or I guess in English, a combination of like diligent and serious. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think he ever saw, you know, my, my father saw Kishida-san as a charismatic type, mm. uh, but said Kishida-san creates like no enemies. Oh, okay. Instead, like most people around him tend to kind of like start liking him as a person. Mm, interesting. And I mean, it makes sense because uh, he became the longest serving foreign minister uh, after the war in Japan. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was in the position of a foreign minister for like more than five years. So, you know, it's, it seems like the perfect guy for uh, for a diplomat, right? I guess so, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you need someone to who can like be like bullheaded and, you know, make enemies, but generally not, right? If you want to actually yeah. make progress in the country, mm. you need someone who is quite like, I guess, neutral in a lot of ways, or can at least walk down the middle of the road and not cause too many disturbances to other people. Well, that's one way to describe it. And I, I know like what you're imagining, but at the same time, like like sometimes you gotta be strong uh, to make friends and not create enemies, right? Sure, sure. So I think he is. he has a very good balance. Mm. I don't think he was just playing safe so right. to say yeah from the fair standpoint i think he was uh doing a good job on that mm -hmm. mm, but yeah it came as a surprise to most people even in japan because as we kind of discussed before we thought kono is going to win mm -hmm. right yeah i mean i was certainly hoping for it i mean this is maybe more of a selfish reason but i just think he's funny <laughs> oh yeah i mean totally so, like i, I like yeah. his like he's like charismatic but like in a lame dad yeah. kind of dad way you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah i know what you mean he's not like a cool guy but he's kind of funny you know and but i guess a more serious reason for me personally is he seems quite in tune with mm. like younger generations and mm. you know like how you know especially like on social media and stuff yes yes well he's still he's not a young guy he's like around in his 50s fifth, late 50s maybe, yeah late yeah. 50s yeah um but some of these Japanese politicians, they don't seem to have any idea about what's going on, right? So at, le at least at least Kono-san seems a little bit more in tune with that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really know much about uh, Kishida. Actually, the first time I heard him actually speak was last night. I saw a clip uh, after the earthquake. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, there was, there was a news clip. So apparently, like, 
in his office at like 11:20 in the evening uh, you know because he's the prime minister now so right, like, <laughs> right. yeah he doesn't go he doesn't get to go to bed um mm. so the, the cameras were in there at 20 past 11 Right. And uh, I mean, I don't think anything really major happened, but um, as we discovered this morning, uh, your elevator wasn't working, right? Mm. Um, as that tends to happen when earthquakes happen in Japan. Right. Um, but he was saying like, you know, we'll try our best to get all the services, emergency services out. And, you know, if there's any damage, we'll get it sorted. And he was just doing the usual press coverage. But um, yeah, he seemed, he seemed to say the right things. And Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so far, so good. So far, so good, yeah. Yeah, but I guess... You know, when I compare Kono and Kishida, mm. they're almost opposite. Right, okay. You know, Kono can create enemies, uh, can be many enemies, mm. uh, whereas Kishida, like, he creates many, many friends. Right, right. You know, I'm sure each of them has strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. But good or bad, you know, until the very end of the race for the next prime minister, Kono was, was leading, you know, by far. Right. But then it flipped. In the very mm. end. But um, it's probably because uh, my guess is that, you know, the former Prime Minister Abe decided to support Kishida uh, rather than Kono in the end. Yeah, yeah. And my guess is that Abe thought Kishida is easier to control. Mm. And through Kishida, I'm pretty sure Abe is trying to still... Kind of oh, like, you think he's in the background working the uh, oh, he he definitely the puppet is. strings. Oh, yeah, wow, okay. I mean personally, I I kind of like uh, Abe-san too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's uh, in my opinion, he's one of the best prime minister that we've ever had. Oh, okay, but mm, not sure if it's a good sign if Kishida is too heavily influenced by you know the past or you know former right, right, right. PMs. Yeah. <laughs> And for example, um, he was trying to abolish the use of uh, hanko stamps mm -hmm. uh, in all the, the paperwork, especially related to the government. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, and I, I would say he did a great job. But at the same time, as we cover this story on our show, like I think it was from last year. Right. But um, he basically created many enemies in the hanko industry. Yeah. <laughs> so you get things done. But at the same time, like you can be creating new enemies. Yes, yeah, so just just to clarify, it's not like a, an actual election, right? It's the the party members just decide mm. who is the new head of the party. That's right. Who oh, then LDP? Yeah, yeah, and then by de facto, just becomes the prime minister. Right. That's the way the way that it works in the UK. So that's how I mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. how I reference everything. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds almost the same. Yeah, I think in, there's a, a, a lot of similarities. Yeah, mm. um, I did see in the news actually the latest approval rating was a fifty five percent for Kishida, which uh, they said it wasn't. Wasn't a great start for him. Hmm. But, but 55 is not bad, right? I mean, it's more than half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I just, I, what I was going to ask is, what do you think is like a typical number? Do you think that's a good or bad? I would say it's on the borderline. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, sure, it, it, sounds, course, yeah. it sounds obvious. But considering the fact that I think Suga's rating was like below 40% mm. in the end, not bad. I mean, you know, certainly an improvement. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, I guess on you know, in your first week on the job, it, it's expected to be in the middle because people just don't don't know, but don't know, right? right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. yeah. So, as an example of what kind of person he is, mm. you know, there's an interesting story. So, there is a TV program that featured his personal history, and in that program, it talked about him failing the top university in Japan, mm. uh, Tokyo University, three times. Oh, okay. But you know what this means in Japan? 
because um, you can only take an entrance exam for a certain university once a year. Right. Okay. So, which means like if he failed three times, then um, after he got out from high school, he was just, you know, going to prep school like almost every day mm. uh, to get accepted next year. Mm. Like, th- does it work the, the same way in the UK? Um, I don't think so. We don't have all these like juku and stuff like that and really like cram schools. Right. I mean, they exist, but I don't think it's really hard to get into university in England unless you want to go to like Oxford or Cambridge mm. or some like really high-end university. So in that regard, like, uh, do people like rather wait like for another year or so to get into like Oxford or Cambridge? Possibly, but I don't know anyone that went to those universities. But I mean, mm. in my case, I, w- I went to uh, Sussex University, which mm-hmm. is quite high ranking for a lot of different courses and things yeah, like that. Yeah, I've heard of it. But yeah, obviously everyone I met at university had already gotten in. So I don't know anyone that failed to get in. Yeah, if you know, if you know what I mean, mean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just not sure. <laughs> yeah, I, but uh, this kind of like practice is called uh, Ronin mm-hmm. in Japan. So if you fail the entrance exam once, then take the exam next year, then get into college, then you'll be called Ichiro. Mm, okay. uh, ichi means one. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, ro is Ronin's ro. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Ronin like the, sa- the masterless samurai. Is that what that kind of means? Or is it different? Um, oh, yeah. Actually, uh, the they use the same kanji for uh, it. Ah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's the only... That, I mean, it's a very famous movie, right? Ronin. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, it's the same word. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I think they kind of use this word ironically mm. for uh, for those, like, students. Oh, uh, I see, yeah. Yeah. Ronin basically means, like, someone who just, like, strolls, like, around or, you know, yeah. travels around <laughs> without the... Uh, you know, oh, clear purpose. purpose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, if you fail the exam twice, then you'll be called uh, Niro. Mm-hmm. And three times, Sanro. <laughs> and so uh, for Kishida-san, yeah. he tried for two years. You know, he studied for two years mm-hmm. additional right after high school. Then he failed uh, the third time. And then he gave up on uh, Tokyo University and went to Waseda University, mm-hmm. which is also one of the top uh, private universities in Japan. I've heard that's pretty prestigious. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. But then there was this woman on the, the same TV show uh, who went straight to Tokyo University and later uh, she went to Harvard, uh, great, mm. uh, Harvard Law School. Wow. Okay. And she said sarcastically, he must love taking exams. You know, it's rather difficult to fail the exam uh, even for once. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. <laughs> and you know what happened? Uh, she got fired, maybe? Yeah, so she she didn't get fired. But of course, you know, many people, uh, most people in Japan don't go to Tokyo University nor Harvard. Sure, right? sure. So, <laughs> you know... It's it's rather, you know, of course, difficult for people to sympathize with her. Mm. And also, uh, the story of Kishida trying so hard for years to achieve his goal, mm. like, kind of shows his personality. Sure, determination. Right? Yeah, yeah, determination yeah. and that, yeah. perseverance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's quite an outspoken thing to say, not just for a TV host, but for a Japanese person. Mm. You know, they're not usually that, that bold. 
And that kind of sarcastic, right? Yeah. I mean, like, to be fair, she was kind of, like, joking and being yeah, yeah, sarcastic. Yeah. But at the same time, like, when people look back, like, what she said in the mm. past, like, mm. she has been saying, like, many things like this. I see. So I see, this yeah. is no, no like, accident. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as a British person, obviously, I understand the sarcasm. But, but uh, yeah, it's just surprising to hear a Japanese person come out with something like that, you know? Okay. So maybe she's got A, you know, from you. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess uh, we'll have to wait a little while to see what Kishida can come up with in, mm-hmm. his, uh, in his time as Prime Minister. But I guess we wish him all the best for now. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what the future brings. Yeah, we'll let you guys know when there is an interesting new story related to Kishida in the future. So let's move on to our next story of the week. This Tuesday, Japanese-born American Shukuro Manabe has won a share in this year's Nobel Prize in Physics for modelling the Earth's climate and reliably predicting global warming, sharing the prize with two other scientists. Manabe-san, who earned a Doctorate of Philosophy from the University of Tokyo, received the award for laying groundwork for the development of current climate models, demonstrating how increased levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere led to increased temperatures on the surface of the Earth. His climate model explored the interaction between solar radiation and the vertical transportation of air masses through convection, while also looking into heat contribution by the cycle of water. Manabe-san, who moved to the United States in 1958 to take a job at the US Weather Bureau, now called the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, told reporters who gathered at his home in Princeton, New Jersey, that he is very honoured to receive the Nobel Prize as a climate physicist, which is unprecedented. In a statement he gave through his family, he said, Nowadays, many events such as flooding and droughts have happened in Japan and around the world, which have been associated with global warming. And I am glad that everybody has recognized that. Yeah, so this is a, a cool story. I always like to see like big scientific achievements. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, obviously we talk about Japanese things on this, <laughs> this show. Um, so this man, uh, even though he's now American um, yeah. by passport, he was born in Japan. Mm. Um, but the honor does also go out to uh, Italian Giorgio Parisi, and a German guy called Klaus Hasselmann. So uh, proper credit where it's due. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of funny. I saw the news. When, when was this? Like uh, two, three days ago? Yeah. He got the reward on Tuesday the 5th. Yeah. And it was reported like quite widely in, mm-hmm. in Japan. And everyone was like, oh yeah, Japanese person, you know, for the first time in the last, how many years was it? Like many years, right? Yeah. I think it was like. For physics. It was like 50 years. Or right. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah, and people are so happy. But then, like, at some point, like, some people notice, oh, he's not a Japanese citizen anymore. <laughs> and, like, they're questioning why, you know, why did he ditch Japan, you know, yeah, leave yeah, Japan. Yeah. But I think that's a, that's a very important question to ask. Mm-hmm. Because he did say in the interview, what, what was the, I'm not sure, like, how it's translated in English officially. But he says something like he doesn't want to go back to Japan, right? Yeah, so actually, maybe we can play the clip now and you guys can hear what he says. Okay. And, and after okay. he makes the statement, uh, you'll hear the audience just laugh. Okay, okay. Thank you. Uh, I'm Genji Yamaguchi from Kyoto News Japan. Can you tell me what is the main reason for you to change your nationality from Japan to United States? That's an interesting question. But uh, in Japan, people always worry about not to disturb each other. So that is one reason why I don't want to go back to Japan, because I'm not capable of living harmoniously. 
it depends on the person. Uh, but for someone even like myself, you know, who have lived abroad mm-hmm. for many years, uh, come back to Japan, there's more or less a reverse culture shock thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally understand. Mm. Yeah, to me, that was the most interesting like aspect of this story mm. <laughs> personally <laughs> so usually people say something like oh no he's he's wrong you mm. know uh if you don't like japan then then don't come back yeah, or you yeah. know just don't mention it or things like that but i was reading some comments online and for this time it was kind of an exception mm-hmm. because people were rather like sounding quite like wary of the fact that uh someone like him mm. you know one of the the top like brains of the the country of the mm. nation have have left uh many years ago yeah, yeah and saying that he doesn't want to come back well actually i think that's it's interesting i think what he said and you know maybe as a westerner i can take a different perspective but but this is also reiterated by um some quotes i found of his in a asahi shimbun article um, where he says that um, there is less and less curiosity-driven research in Japan than mm. in the past. And he goes on to say, um, curiosity is the thing that drives all of my research activity. I really have great fun in trying to understand climate change, although it is not too easy. And in speaking about his decision to move to the United States, he said science, scientists can pursue what they really want to study there. And he also has access to all the computational equipment that he needs to conduct his research. He said in Japan, there is a disconnect between policymakers and researchers. And he called on them to give more thought to how they can better communicate with each other to improve the domestic research environment. So mm. it sounds like kind of a political issue as well. I guess, you know, a lot of money gets funneled into different things. And, right, right. Um, maybe the people who make the decisions of like what research gets funded, mm. um, maybe he doesn't agree with that so much or, yeah, but it definitely sounds like, yeah, he has a lot more freedom uh, in America to pursue you know what he wanted to <laughs> yeah i can easily imagine that but ironically now he has won the nobel prize mm. so he can probably get as much budget as he wants even in japan i would imagine so yeah but I mean, that that only comes after he won the you know international uh what to say like prize or recognition yeah i mean it's it's probably the most prestigious award in the world yeah like, it's just like it's so hard to win a Nobel Prize. Right. And and the the reward is a million dollars for winning it. Oh, that is self. Yeah. So, mm. I mean, that, that, you know, I don't think any other award comes with a million dollars, right? <laughs> True. Um, so, so, I don't say only, but he only got a quarter of that because actually between the three scientists, um, the, the German scientist was actually the one who did the most recent work and kind of, mm. he kind of put the work of the other two scientists together to make, oh, you know, to make the... The, um, the project that basically won. Mm. But what Manabe-san did was basically laid all the groundwork and did all these kind of early calculations mm. to model the climate. So what he did was really crucial to the, the project, but it mm. wasn't like entirely his uh, prize, you know. So, yeah, so yeah, it was shared. Yeah. But it's, you know, still still a big achievement. Um, yeah. So about the, the peer pressure, mm. I think, relatively speaking, Japan has a lower tolerance for, uh, you know, you being different mm. from others oh so yeah and whereas the u.s not not just on a daily basis but uh even in the the field of academics i noticed that the for example the defense ministry in mm. the u.s they tend to uh sponsor like lots of like you know really diverse projects mm-hmm. uh into like so many 
I don't know like how many different categories are sure, there, yeah, yeah. but uh, potentially disrupting technologies mm-hmm. related to the the defense of the the country. Mm-hmm. And as you well know, like GPS was part of the the military technology mm-hmm. in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I would say I think the yeah the Japanese government should be investing more into the field of science and technology. Okay, so that wraps up all the news for this week. Let's move on to the final segment of the show, Word of the Week. So today I'm going to introduce you an interesting Japanese English word. And as I mentioned earlier, it's related to uh, the new story of Princess Mako's marriage. Mm, Okay. So the Word of the Week is... Longe. Longe. Long engagement. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good one. Oh, really? I, I like that. Oh, it's not right though. Yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, I, I give you A plus for that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it really makes sense, right? Oh, okay. Because they've been engaged for, I think, more than four years It's right been now. a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a funny one. But, oh, okay. um, but it's not right. Okay. Yeah, this word is uh, more shallow. It's, okay. uh, maybe the first hint is it's related. Uh, it's related to someone's appearance. Mm, okay. And as you you can probably guess, it consists of two different words. Okay. So long and is it get or gay? Get. Get. And long is an English word, mm. short in form. And get is a Japanese word. Long. I, just, I can only think of long. Uh Hmm. You're right. It is, it is long. It is long. Long. Okay. But what, what is get? Get. Oh. Or ke. Oh. A kekong? Mm-hmm. Like no, marriage? No. It's it's not even a short term form for this one. Oh, ke. You you have them on your body. Oh, hair. Yes. Oh, right. Okay. Long hair. Long hair. Oh, okay. So, um, I maybe it's easier if mm. I show you the picture. So this is the picture of him uh-huh. before. Oh, uh, okay. And this is him after. Oh, I see. Can you see like he has much longer hair? Oh, I haven't seen that photo before. It's not uh, Princess Mako, but his, uh, but her fiance. Yeah, yeah, because in right. the news they keep showing the older photo. Right, right. <laughs> so because um, I'm not sure like how much you know about him, but uh, he just graduated law school in New York. Mm-hmm. And he will be uh, working for a uh you know, medium-sized, like, low firm in New York. Mm. Pretty soon. M- maybe medium to large size. Sure, anyway. okay. But he's been away from Japan for quite some time. Mm. Like, maybe over a year or so. Mm. And then he eventually came back to Japan uh, to kind of uh, announce his marriage mm-hmm. with the princess. And all the media companies were waiting for him at the airport. Mm-hmm. And when he got out from the plane, <laughs> right. they saw him. And they just, the first thing like, yeah, they yeah. started talking about was his long hair. Wow, okay. And people are saying like, oh, Ronge, Ronge. <laughs> <laughs> and all the titles of the news articles related to him. Wow. I'm, I'm, maybe not all, but many of them right. were, were using the word Ronge, Komuro-san. That's so stupid. Oh, <laughs> right? <laughs> It's so shallow. Yeah, but I mean, I guess it's not like, you know, it's not the correct 
haircut. You know, if you're going to be like marrying a princess, right, you should look more. I mean, his haircut before wasn't like super stylish. It's just kind of like basic, just like. I honestly, yeah. like uh, me personally, I think he looks better with the longer. Yeah, it looks stylish. It's yeah, cool. it looks yeah, stylish. Yeah, it looks right? like an anime it's, character. It's New York style, I guess. <laughs> but again, yeah, we have a very low tolerance mm. uh, where it comes to the length of the hair. Mm. Uh, I mean, if you're working for a large company in Japan, mm. yeah, most 99% of them expect your hair to be short. Yeah, yeah. If you're a man, you yeah. know, it's a bit ironic because hundreds of years ago in the Edo era, all the samurais used to have like long hairs, mm. you know, and they just um, tie them nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To look formal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, we don't have that tolerance anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, it kind of links to the uh, the Docho Atsuyoku that you mentioned earlier, right? The, I'd say so. The social pressure to conform. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's outrageous because in reality, I know how, how things work in mm-hmm. Japan. So I, I wouldn't do this mm-hmm. if I were to get married to the That could work for you, princess. man. I don't know. It's pretty cool. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, I, I thought the, the amount... Or the number of reports mm. that uh, you know came out, like about his ronge, right? Just over the top, just un- yeah, unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, it's a very small detail in mm-hmm. a much larger story. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think this word's been around for decades. Yeah, um, yeah, since I was a small child. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I haven't seen or used this word for a long time, mm. but. Yeah, now it's just came back because of uh, <laughs> because of Komorosan. <laughs> Ronge. Okay, well, it's a, yeah. it's a new word I'll add to my roster. Mm-hmm. Ronge. Okay, guys, so that wraps it up for this episode. Whichever platform you're listening to us on, make sure you're subscribed for a brand new episode every single week. Thanks for listening, everyone. We recently launched our Facebook page for This Week in Japan. So if you have any questions, comments, or requests to us, you're 100% welcome. So stay healthy, stay safe, everybody. And uh, yeah, get over to Facebook and let us know. Do you prefer long hair or, or a shorter haircut? <laughs> and we'll be back next week for the very next episode of This Week in Japan. Mm-hmm.